This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing word of God. We serve a great God. There's nothing impossible with him. There's nothing impossible for him. The Lord gave us a word um, early part of this month. And that's from Leviticus chapter 26 verse 9. So if you put that quickly on the screen. Hallelujah. Leviticus 26 verse 9. So if I will look on you favorably and make you fruitful. I will multiply you and confirm my covenant with you. And that's the word of the Lord unto his people that he has promised us to bless us in a special way. And um, I believe it's not an overstatement if I say that the reason why God created you and I is for one thing, and that is for us to be fruitful. Because in Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, Genesis chapter 1, verse 27, it tells us, for God created man in his own image. Amen? In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Amen? And verse 28, listen, it then says, then... After I created them, what did he say? Bless them. And he said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth and subdue it. Have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Hallelujah. And so, the reason why God created you is so that you can be fruitful. The reason why the computer is made is so that it can do some particular thing. And so, the same thing for you right now. In around 1988, the Lord was speaking this word into my heart uh, from John 15, verse 16. And later on, that turned out to be the call of God upon my life. John chapter 15, verse 16. And it's confirmation again that the statement that we are created for fruitfulness is true. Jesus Christ, our Lord, was speaking unto the disciples. He said, you did not choose me. In the first part, he said, he created us to multiply and bear fruit. You remember? Here, he now came as God the Son and chose people unto himself. And he said, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and do what? So the only duty you have is to go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain. And so that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give it to you. And so that word, almost every week I was receiving it. You have not chosen me, I have chosen you. And around that time, God began to move in my life and I was seeing a lot of fruits that were coming. And I pray the same word the Lord is releasing unto us this day. We shall be fruitful. This theme is not a theme for one month. It's a theme for the rest of our lives. The only thing is that this month, God wants to settle it for you permanently. That you will be fruitful. So that when people come in contact with you, the first thing they will find, they will say about you, say, what a resourceful person you are. The second time they meet you, they will say, what a fruitful person you are. The third time they meet you, they will say, what a fruitful life. Because every department and aspect of your life will be shown nothing but fruitfulness. And so that will, and when, when God mentioned that to me, I said, Lord, okay, fair enough. We know that, but how can we be fruitful? What shall we do to be fruitful? Last Sunday, the Lord sent a word unto us through one of our pastors, uh, Pastor Bade. And, you know, I think his fifth point when, when, when I was going through that was, you know, there are certain things that one needs to do to be fruitful. What does it take to be fruitful? And I'll just mention very quickly to you four things that it takes to be fruitful. Number one, you need to have knowledge of the principles of sowing and reaping. 
you need to have knowledge. There's no farmer that wants to plant without having some basic knowledge. He needs to know what he wants to plant. That's the first knowledge you need to have. What do I want to plant? Because in Galatians chapter 6, verse 7, it tells us that whatsoever a person plants, meaning that there are named things that people plant. Whatsoever the person plants, he said, that shall he also reap. So, what do I want to plant? What do I want to plant? What is it that I want to be fruitful in? On one of the Wednesdays, we mentioned that we listed a few things. But if you want to personalize that, there are priorities that you need to, you know, there are ways you need to prioritize your own life and say, this is the area I desperately want to bear fruit. And so, you need to know what you want to bear fruit on. Because many at times, we spend our time sowing seeds of things that are very temporary. But the greatest seed the Lord wants us to sow are things that are eternal. Because there's no point planting vegetables when you can plant trees. And many of the times, vegetables are good. We need to eat our veg. But I rather plant trees in addition to my vegetable. Hallelujah. Because some people, the whole of their life will be he was born, he grew up, he, he, he took, took up a job, well, he, be, he, he had children and he died. And there probably be nothing eternal that people can say about us. And so it is important that we lay emphasis on that. And things about trees is that trees, they grow very old. They grow very old. The oldest tree in the world is reputed to be about 5,000 years old. That's mind-boggling. And so I want us to set our attention, brethren, today, friends, that my attention and my focus will be on bearing fruits on trees that will last forever. That's why Jesus Christ said that your fruit may remain, not temporary fruit. Not only do you need to know what to sow, and there are quite a number of things to sow, you can decide to sow, you know, love. Anywhere people come across you, they say it's a very loving person. You can choose to sow seeds into the life of people so that they can become born again. Um, and, and, and thank God I'm getting consumed by that by the day. What do you sow? Uh, yesterday, you know, the Lord directed us. Well, not directed us. He directed us. Not, I don't even know what to now. God always directs anyway. It wasn't a choice. Um, something happened and we had to be somewhere. That's the easiest way I can put it. We got a call from abroad that we should just be somewhere to go and, you know, it's an elderly person, bereavement and all the rest of that. So we had to be there to, to commiserate and to break the news. Um, to this person. And, um, you know, in the midst of that, to cut the long story short, a young child, a teenager, gave his life to Christ. You know? And God created the opportunity that in the little grief and everything that the boy was having, he started asking questions. And immediately, God just prompted our hearts to see that this is an opportunity to reap this one. By the time I left... The boy has almost gone halfway to the book of Luke. Yeah. Almost gone halfway to the book of Luke. Because as I was going in and out, went back in again, asked me this question. I mean, my wife was asking, like, carry the boy home. We would have spent all night describing, you know, just, just talking scripture. A seed, just in time. A place. And friends, beloved, you'll be shocked how ready this place is. You'll be surprised how much people, if we will only bend conversation, if we don't spend the whole three hours talking about weather, and it's good to talk about weather, you can moan from now to tomorrow. Aberdeen, we always have the weather that he has. So, when we spoke about that last week, is enough. Whether it's cloudy, yes, thank God for cloud. But why don't we pivot that? Take it away from that. Take it to something beautiful. And we can talk from now to tomorrow that the industry is down. It's down. Yes, there's nothing we can do about it. Somebody says the best thing you can do when it rains is not to stop it. I will tell you that later. That's, that's the very thing. That is better to, you know, the Lord was telling me a lot of things about storms. It's not giving permission to share you, but I mean, I was stunned. I was on a train in London. I was for almost two hours. God was just speaking to me on storm. And, and he just told me not to write it down. And, and, and it blew my mind. What I'm telling you, brethren, is that God is looking for opportunity 
to make us to bear fruit in those areas we don't think are important. That's the long and short of it. Where are you bearing fruit? Are we giving attention? Don't let me say God forbid, but don't let it be that the boy that gave his life to Christ yesterday, at the end of this year, will be further ahead in the gospel than you and I. Because that blew my mind. Ask me all sorts of questions. We agree on the best version to read right there and there. We check our God's word. We check our New King James version. We check our message. Right there, we downloaded the Bible. I mean, it was, I, even if, if, if I were just not to do anything through all of last week, the prospect in that child's life, and it could, children don't make it up. You know, how does they can make it up? They don't make it up. And he later on told me, and I said, well, we need to go. And he told me, just stop me. He said, you know what? He said, he said as if a weight has been lifted from him. What other evidence do I need to know that our boy has just been born again? One more time, brethren, where are you sowing your seed? Don't let's be cut over little things. Don't let's fight over, fight over little things. Many at times, we keep worrying, we keep bickering. Uh, he did this to me, he said this, he didn't say that. Let it pass. Pay your attention and concentrate your effort on the things that matter. Can I hear you amen unto that one? And there are many Bible verses to point that unto us. In 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 8. So I just put in one or two words quickly about what areas we need to be careful that we don't waste too much energy upon. Do them, but please don't waste too much energy on them because the fruit they will bear, they are not as important. For bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things. Having promise of life that now is and of that which is to come. You know what that means? You know what that means? It's good to exercise. But at this stage of my life, of what profit will it be if I go to the gym two hours a day and pump up? It would be nice. And then I come with very... What, what, what would I add? Six packs. There are six packs. Yeah. You, you know my six packs. Then I, because I promise you that even at age 80, I still want to have six packs. I'm still on the way there. Hallelujah. But, but of what use is that, brethren? That, you know, I keep, you keep healthy. And believe you me, all of you may be laughing. You are not very far from me. Don't deceive yourself. Just a few years behind. So, so direct your energy to the right place. Amen. And in 1 Peter chapter 3, he mentions something there, and this is by no means, don't make it, you can start from verse 2. 1 Peter chapter 3, he said, when they observe your chastity, he was talking to women, and conduct accompanied by fear, uh, they said, do not let your adornment be merely, do not, don't let it be only outward arranging the air, wearing gold or putting on fine apparel. Amen? I'm not going to have many friends after this amongst women, but I don't care. But let it be the hidden person of the heart, amen, with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet. You know what the Bible is saying there? By the time you start spending two hours in front of the mirror, making up every day, something is missing. Uh, do whatever. And not only you've done it in front of the mirror, you get behind the car as you are driving, you're pulling that thing down, you make sure the, the line is still there. And then at every traffic stop, you bring the, the, the whatever, whatever you use, and you, I can assure you, when you are doing all those things, you are not most likely praying. Most likely. Neither are you receiving revelation. I can't say definitely, but God knows. <laughs> but if you're a human being like the rest of us, you are not. And the whole day could go by just adorning the outward man. Just making that more beautiful. So where are we sowing our seed? Is that making sense to somebody? Where are, they, are you even putting your resources? Eat good food, dress well. But when what you are spending on things, and it, life is about proportion, I hope you know that. And that's why you don't set absolute standard for people. You leave them, for instance, if I have a million pounds, you can't stop me from probably buying apparel into the tune of a thousand pounds. You can't blame me. Not that I will, but nobody will say I'm unreasonable. Because even though I've spent maybe a thousand pounds on a suit, which, don't let me say never, never say never, but which is unlikely at this time, I probably would have spent 10, 15, 100,000 on things of the gospel. 
And so there's a balance. But if you have a thousand pounds and the Lord is asking you to make an offering of ten pounds on the Sunday and you are arguing seriously with him, it's a serious tug of war because that will be ten pounds short of a particular outward thing you want to buy. You are not sowing on good ground. And you need to get it right. So you must know, and whatever you spend a, pers- a greater percentage of your resources on, that's where your greatest service will come from. I hope you know you don't have a land portion that is inexhaustible. All of us, we have limited resources. Even billionaires, their resources are limited. And so what you have, you need to learn to direct it very well. Is that okay? So that's point number one, know the rule. So we said you should know what, we should know where, and we should also know when. You know, there's this story. Let, let me share. You see, this, this issue of knowing what, where, and when, it, it, it cuts across that the Bible is filled with such examples. You remember the story of a woman called the Zarephath woman? Now, she was a widow. She had only a son. And then, for those that are not conversant with the story, I quickly paraphrase for you. There was a rugged prophet in Israel that his name was what? Elijah. And so this man, God asked him to go to the house of the widow. To cut the long story short, he said, give me food to eat. And the woman decided to give the prophet the very last meal in the house. All right. Another one happened, another woman, the Shunammite woman. And of course, the woman ripped. For the rest of that time of famine, the woman never lacked anything. She knew when to sow. Understand that now. She sowed in the time of lack. She sowed in the time of death. And that's very important. Many at times, we think the time to sow is when everything is easy and comfy. It's usually when it is painful that God appreciates it most. I don't know whether this story is true. I heard it before, but I've heard it repeated many times. It might be true. There was this story said about a man of God in Nigeria, well-known worldwide. He, to his blessed memory, uh, Archbishop Benson Idaosa, powerful man of God. It was said of him that he's a man that has preached to more people um, outside his country than any other person. And um, he is very powerful man. Anyway, one of the days, he had some friends that came from America to preach in his church for him in Benin at that time. So the man was going back. The, the folks, they had to quickly go back to America. So that was around the 90s, I learned. So he took them to Lagos. So he took them to um, the airport so that they could be flown to Lagos to catch a flight. To them to Benin so they could catch a flight to Lagos and then from Lagos they can travel back to the States. And some of you remember very clearly at that time, if it's not still now, the booking and everything for Nigeria Airways, they are very chaotic. So what happens is that you just buy and you quickly sit down. So most of the time they, they sell more tickets than there are seats available. Anyway, to cut the long story short, the man got to the airport he negotiated, he got tickets in there. Everybody was seated, and he needed two seats for these guys who were to travel to Lagos by all means that night. It's a man of great clout, so he told the people in the airport, I said, look, these folks have to go, and this is the last flight. They can't go again. What shall we do? They look up, they look down. He said, I'm well known. Let me address people in the aircraft. There will be somebody who can afford, or there will be two people who can afford to travel tomorrow. I mean, it's no problem. You know, there are some trips that you can even do it next week. But this one, it has to be tonight. And so he got onto the aircraft and then addressed the old people on the aircraft. And I said, please, is there anybody that can volunteer their seats for us? And uh, you've heard a story, that story before. And then he, one young man behind in the, in, the, in, the, in the aircraft stood up with another person. He said, who are you? And he mentioned his name. He said, his name is Aliko Dangote. And he said, this is my assistant. As they were leaving, somebody put a slant on that story. He said, eventually, they came out, and the man blessed them. And you know, Archbishop is bombastic, and he would just say it very clearly and to the hearing of anybody. He said, the whole world will stand up for you. He said, and he said a few blessings on him. 
Some people said there probably were Christians on that flight. Who will have said this showy man has come again? Because he was. He's not orthodox in the style, but believe you, the power of God followed that man. There will be some who will say, prosperity picture, they've come again. They want to swindle us. And so may I please advise you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't let, and the rest of you that don't know the story of Dangote, Dangote then ended up having a big business, ended up being the second richest man in Africa and the 23rd richest man in the world. He's a multi-billionaire. Eh? He's the first now. So he's the richest man in Africa now. So paradventure, that story is true. I can assure you, without any doubt in my mind, that God is telling us something. There are times in which you need to sow your seed in the right place that God wants you to sow them. And I pray it will help you. It will help me in Jesus' name. Number two, what's the first thing? You must know the laws of sowing and reaping. And this is going to be a lifelong thing. Just be looking for opportunities to sow. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Where we are today, by the special grace of God as a church, and we are very far from where we are to be. I mean, I weep sometimes. But even where we are is based on some of the seed and things that have been sown. Some of them I can't share with you in public. But the Lord reminded me, he said, you remember when you said, I'm not talking about money now. Things to sow. Let's not stop. He said, let us not be weary in well-doing. He said, for in due time we shall reap. And so, the nights, the days, the deniers, the pain, the shame, the misunderstanding, the everything, they are all adding together. Tell your neighbor, keep sowing. And this week, the Lord will give you seed to sow. It might be a smile that will change your life. And the Bible will say, God looked at it and he said, because you have decided to stand by this person, that you will never know lack again. Number two, not only do you do all these things we said, what is that thing that makes a life to be fruitful? Is God's favor. First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, God's favor. It says, First Corinthians chapter 3, verse 6, I planted, that was Paul talking, Apollos watered, but who gave the increase? Who gave the increase? There's absolutely nothing anyone can do without God bringing the increase. Nothing will happen. And so having said all that I said about you knowing the rules and the, and the, and the laws and the principles of how to be fruitful, never factor God out of it. Always know that there are contiguous farmlands or does anybody have an, an allotment in this room? I hope you know what an allotment is. Does anybody who has an allotment? Nobody. I know. Okay. It's about that you get one. You know, I've seen people before. You see two allotments by, by the side of one another. And you see one so green, another one so whatever. And you keep wondering, sometimes it might be the error of what one did or one did not do. But one thing is sure to me, life is so structured in a way in which you see two people, they say, we have all put the same thing in. Why have I gotten less than the other person? And you want me to tell you the reason? It's usually because of what one did. When you see anybody successful, you don't know what they've done. When you see anybody not successful, you don't know what they've not done. You can link that up to the first story I told you. You know one prayer I want to pray for us as a people. As individuals, oh God, lead me to that place and give me the grace to do that thing which will make your mind to turn in my favor. Amen. We don't hand favor, but God can direct a person's path. You see, Jesus Christ was using the example of the Zarephath woman. He said there were many widows in Israel. He said it was just one that God, you know why? God was the one that orchestrated it. That's the formula of God. So that when we see him face to face, everybody says, hey, Lord, why did you prophesy? Could you have given me your last meal? Then you start looking. But at the end of the day, actually, it was God that moved her to give her last meal. People ask me some of the sacrifices I've made, and it's nothing compared to many that 
you know, they've lost their lives, they've lost their family, they've lost many things for the gospel. I said, no, I, said, I, I didn't even see it as a sacrifice. You know why? It's because God moved me. God moved me. It, it was just nothing. If it had been five years before that time, I would have fought, if you can fight God, I would have said, God, you go your way, I go my way. But when the time is right, God will walk on the inside of you. I didn't think the Bible says it's God that walks in us. Both to will, that is to desire and to do it. That is the center of grace. That is favor. And so don't feel a sense of, oh God, why can't I do it? Just release yourself. One of the testimonies today, whose testimony was that? Was that Jonathan? That says what Pastor Ashawa said, what? Release yourself to grace. I repeat that word to you. Release yourself to grace. Just, just let the grace of God take over. And it will take the stress off. Apart from the fact that by the special grace of God, and that is not to, you know, I've got some other areas that you are stronger and I'm not. But it's an area that I believe God has strengthened me. That if you desire, you can key into it. Somehow I don't worry. And maybe that's one of the reasons, you know, my hair has not gone so gray. But also it's not only that reason. It could be genes. Some people, we have it in our genes. I know people around me who, they are gene, you know, but by gene, generally. My mother didn't grow gray until 85. It's crazy. Total madness. <laughs> it didn't. You know? So, but one thing that you can do for yourself, above all things, is not to worry, but release yourself to grace. What are you going through? Just relax in God. Can your worry change anything? can't change anything. And the more relaxed you are, the quicker God jumps into your boat to help you. Alright, so number two is what? God's favor. God's favor. And then number three, added to that favor is almost another opposite of it, hard work. <laughs> so you can see that everything is contrasting, but it takes God to, be to, 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 to put everything together for you. Alright, so go with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 5, I think. 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 5. And I think he said, not that we are subject in ourselves to the goodness of being ourselves, but ourselves are from God. Is this 3 5 now? Did I write it? Let me see. Where he says that uh, I am what I am by the grace of God. Let me see. Does anybody know where that one is? It should be 1 Corinthians 15, actually. Uh, verse 10. 15, verse 10. Praise the name of the Lord. Are you getting something out of this? We just take about five, ten minutes to pray. I need to quickly round up now. Oh, time flies, you know. He said, by the grace of God, I am what I... How are you what you are? By what? How are you what you are? By the, by the grace of God, I'm a minister. By the grace of God, I'm healthy. By the grace of God, you are doing well in your career. By the grace of God, you have the children you have. By the grace of God, you, you are everything, isn't it? By the grace of God. But hear, hear, hear him out. And his grace toward me was not in, but what? Ah, which is which now? <laughs> is it grace or labor? And we call them, you know, uh, A.W. Tozer wrote it. We call it the incredible Christian. We call it the paradoxes of Christianity. And the deeper you go, the more you know there are no contradictions. They are just the mysteries and paradoxes of God. When God will tell you that the lower you are, the higher you are. He said, we rule by serving. And one funny one that I repeated before was that we are made white by being deep in red. Come on. He said, the more you give, the more you have. Those are the paradises of heaven. Those initiated, those that have not known Jesus, they can't understand it. But you that you know, you leave it. He says there, by the grace of God, I am what... But I labor. And so there's room for work. Amen. There's room for hard work. After I compiled the prayer point, I was about to, the Holy Spirit told me clearly, I should add one. When we begin to pray, you will see the prayer point. Brethren, we must work hard. Do you know what I mean by work hard? What we call work, hard work sometimes is not hard work. Sometimes we're only worrying. But real hard work, you know where it is? You know where it is? It's in prayer. That's where the real hard work is. 
the real hard work, when that project is not going well, and you are not meeting your delivery, is you close that laptop, and you spend one hour out of no time. You pray in the, in the, the spirit. You, you, you lose yourself. You up, flip that computer open again. The work that's supposed to take five hours, 50 minutes you are through. That's where the work is. But the thing is that it's a harder work. Have you known every Bible verse relating to your condition? I've been believing God for healing, even myself. Have I compiled those Bible verses myself for the next 21 days? I've prayed those Bible verses. Do you know our problem will have been lost solved? Even though it is good, we come to the house of the Lord, we lay hands. Even good, we are, it's only to kickstart us. Brethren, everybody shall be his own body. The body told us that that's way. Very good exposition. Everyone. May I please plead with you in the next? Sometimes we write all these long prayer points. We say, brethren, go back at home and pray. Many of us have not gone back there. But believe you me, there's not one episode of the soap opera that we have missed. And I don't want to be guilty. There's time for relaxation. I do. But also, I need to tell you the truth. The truth is that, brethren, believers, we are not as hardworking as we should be. We are not. Sometimes we sleep too much. You know, many times... We can, it's very, because what is easy, usually you can keep awake. The recreation is easy to keep awake because as a part of your brain that it stimulates. And so it does not, you are relaxed. But when you are doing hard work, it, the tension of it itself makes you tired. And that's why immediately you want to start praying in the middle of the night. You fall asleep. Because that's the way you man. But it is you to know that pray, I will pray. Some of us, we were not very good students when we were in school. I'm still one of the mysteries of God that I came out with the very good grace I came out. I was so bad during my A-level. My colleague, we went to St. school together. He's still my longest friend ever. We started in Form 1, 11 year old. Went through secondary school, went through um, A-levels. And during my A-levels, I totally was irresponsible. I mean, I joined the bikers club. I had an accident. The scar on stage is told me that I didn't that. That was my second near-death experience. Two other near-death experiences came after that. To cut the long story short, I was constantly living such a life. And as a man that has no care in this world, but there's something I was doing that others didn't know. Like, Russia, some of you remember, some of you that went to school, especially you are there about. There are guys, they pretend they don't know what they are doing. If you follow them, you will roast. What we do is that after we don't know the silly things, we take double concentrated coffee, they call it espresso this time, and we burn the candle of the night. Eyes will be shut like this. Some of my guys, some of them, they actually, they, they actually stoned in addition to it. I didn't, to the glory of God. Who knows? My brain would have completely fried. You know, when I say, <laughs> when I say the greatest in my life is knowing Jesus, Jesus saved me at the right time, you know. I don't know about you. That was the life. But if at that time, this is my story, I knew how to be clever enough to probably sprinkle very cold water on my face, drink a lot of coffee to stay awake so that I can pass a certificate that I used for, for about 15, 20 years at most. And yet, I have a certificate that will last for all, for all eternity. Will it not be wise for me? and talk to myself and say, boy, better work harder. You need to set that alarm clock all over again. And every one of us were on that journey. Oh, it's not, it's not a pastor's journey. It's a believer's journey. Your own vocation is just, it's like for like. Okay? So you call some of us into full-time, just like a day job, I swear that you do. And we have a lot of administrative work we need to do. We have a lot of other things we need to do. So for my personal spiritual development, it's not even the time that I need to prepare sermons that I will need to use for that. I need to find time to develop, just as you will need time to find time to develop. Brethren, let's work hard. And the Lord will help us. I say, let's work hard. And let me challenge you. I can challenge you because I'm not preaching to a church that I'm a guest minister there. I'm preaching to my own house. And so when you're talking to your own family, you're talking to your own children, there's a different way you talk as you're talking to strangers. You're talking to strangers, you are careful. You don't, you don't know it's in the congregation. Newcomer or no newcomer, I practically have the sense that everybody in this room will have a desire to be what God wants us to be. And let me tell you something, brethren. 
Take note of this one. Go back home this week. Whatever you are believing God for, I challenge. I mentioned it in passing, but I want you to take it as an assignment. Go and write down the Bible verses that pertains unto what you want God to do for you. Let's challenge God. You do 14 days. Let me do 28 days, and let's see what God will do. I'm not talking about fasting, just pray. Some of you are shaking already, but you can be fast. <laughs> and just pray. Just, just ask God. And that's where the hard work is. And it will help us. All right? Number one, thing out of many that we, number one, what do you need to do? Know the rules of sowing and reaping. You need to know where to, where to, when to, and what, and many other things you need to know. Amen. Number two, you will need to have a fruitful life. You will need what? And number three, you will need to, number four, you will need a team. You need a team. If you can do it alone, it's probably not big enough. If the harvest that you can handle alone is a small harvest. So, you must be somebody's team and people must be in your team. That is the problem people keep having. We always see ourselves as in somebody's team or we only want people to be in our team. I'm in somebody's team as I am now. And I have many of you brethren in my team. Hallelujah. That's for work of ministry. But even in my personal, I have many of you in my team. People that can definitely lean on me and say, no. Let's look at this and let's look at that area. I will close with this simple prayer. May the Lord send people to your life. And people that will help your destiny. There's always an opposite side. May the Lord drive away people from your life, people that we want to destroy your destiny. Rise on your feet and let's begin to pray. You want to put those slides up? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, we have just, I hope we can still manage 10 minutes. So we have those six prayer points. I'll read through them and then I'll leave you to pray them. Remember we talked about hard work, Amen. So if you are hardworking, pastor does not need to, uh, you know, keep prodding you to pray it. You agree with me? The sign that you are serious about hard work is that we just talk into this and just get it done and really pray it passionately. The first one is, Father, let bountiful harvest locate my bountiful seeds this year. Second one, the covenant power that made Isaac fruitful in the midst of all opposition. Make me fruitful to in Jesus' name. Father, terminate the days of slothfulness and procrastination from my life. Our sister gave a testimony about that. Am I right? Did somebody give a testimony without tossing? Yeah. Father, terminate the days of God terminated that day in her life. And she's on course for where God has planned for her. Number four, Father, make room for your church this year and make us fruitful in this land. Father, command every wilderness land in my life to be turned into fruitful field in Jesus' name. And finally, this is very important. Holy Spirit, ignite my talents and wake up my dormant potentials in the name of Jesus. What I will do, we will take the first two together and we pray confessionally because we are part of the same team. Amen. And so when we encourage ourselves to pray like that, it's because we are a team. It could be difficult for people to start up immediately, so we pray it and say, Father, let bountiful harvest locate my bountiful seeds this year in the name of Jesus. I take it again, say, Father, let bountiful harvest locate my bountiful seeds this year in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voices and let's call on the name of the Lord. What you are saying is that, Lord, let harvest be connected unto my seed. Let my seed not have, uh, let my seed not stand on its own. Let every seed I sow, let harvest follow them in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Oh, team, let's just do this right. Amen means let it be. Amen means a powerful 
you know, explosion from your tongue, from, from your inside of affirmation that what you are praying shall come to be. So as we have declared that bountiful harvest shall locate our bountiful seed, so shall it be in the name of Jesus. So you say, Father, the covenant power that made Isaac fruitful in the midst of all opposition, opposition of bad economy, opposition of people that may not like me, opposition of demonic forces, you that you made Isaac fruitful, Make me fruitful too in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voices. Some of your position are in your physical body. The opposition might be a particular condition in your body. The opposition for some might be even your own mental capacity. Opposition for some might be the issue of tiredness and weakness. Lord, in the midst of opposition, Isaac brought fruit. Lord, let me bring forth fruit, O oh God, in the name of Jesus. I shall not be stopped by oppositions. But by your power I shall reach the height and the level that you have set for me. In the name of the Lord Jesus. I receive power. I receive grace. I receive the anointing to be able to have a bountiful harvest. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. No weapon that is fashioned against you shall prosper. Every opposition set against you, they shall be leveled in the name of the Lord Jesus. Every pronouncement I make, Father, this afternoon, to the praise and glory of your name, answer with fire in the name of Jesus. And you are not going to be able to say, Father, Father, terminate the days of slothfulness. I tell that again. Father, Father, terminate the days of slothfulness. Before we go on, slothfulness is not waking up to pray. Slothfulness is not sharing, checking the scripture to get what you need. But we mourn, we complain, we feel sad, we feel bad. Father, terminate the days of slothfulness and procrastination from our lives. In the name of Jesus, lift up your voices, amen, and pray. Father, terminate them, terminate them, terminate them, terminate them. Lack of divine strength that God has promised you. That we shall rise up. We shall rise up in the name that's above all names. And we shall press on the word God has ordained for us. Books that should have been written that have not been written. No more procrastination. Prayers that should have been prayed that have not been prayed. No more procrastination. Oh Lord, terminate it in our lives. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Father, make room for your church this year and make us fruitful. Make us fruitful. Lift up your voices with mine. Lord, make room for fountain of love. Make room for the Christian church of God. Make room for your church, the body of Christ. Make room for us, O oh God. In the name of Jesus, let us be fruitful. The Bible says in Genesis chapter 26, and he said they go to their Rehoboth that the Lord has made room for us. Make room for us in this land, O oh God. Let us bear fruit, O oh God. Fruit of safe souls. Fruit of men and women that shall be healed and delivered from their bondages. We shall be fruitful in the name that's above our names. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. No more failure. You didn't hear me. I said no more failure. That means there's somebody there. Maybe he's been going for an interview, so whatever you've been going for, you've just been meeting like a brick wall. No more failure in the name of the Lord Jesus. Maybe in your spiritual life, you are discovering that you are not moving as you ought to move. No more failure. The Lord has set free, we set you free. And you move to the next level in Jesus' name. You got to say, Father, command every wilderness land. In my life to be turned into fruitful field in the name of Jesus. Swap that slide for me and put Ezekiel 34 there for me. Ezekiel 34, Ezekiel 34, Ezekiel verse 25. Hallelujah, hallelujah. God bless you, man. Ezekiel 34, verse 25. Call the name of the Lord. Wilderness land shall be turned to fruitful field. When the breath of God blows over it, every dryness in your life shall be turned around. Thank you, Father. Verse 25. Thank you, Father. 
verse 25. Hallelujah. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. I will make a covenant of peace with them. And cause wild beasts to cease from the land. And they will dwell safely in the wilderness. And sleep in the woods. Verse 26. I will make them and the places all around my hilly blessing. And I will cause showers to come down in their season. There shall be showers of blessing. Verse 27. Then, hallelujah. After the showers of blessing, what we call? The trees of the field shall yield their fruit. And the earth shall yield her increase. They shall be saved in their own land. And I shall know that I am the Lord when I have broken the bands of their yoke and delivered them from the hand of those who enslaved them. In the name that's above all names, the earth shall yield its increase unto us. Whether the earth likes it or not, it will bring its increase into our lives. In the name of Jesus. Go to turn that to and say, Father, let the trees of the field yield their fruit unto us. And let the earth yield our increase unto us. So that the world may know we are favored by God. In the name of Jesus, lift up your voices. Let the trees of the field bring fruits unto us. Fruits of righteousness, fruits of the womb, fruit of converts, fruits of good character, fruits of power in ministry, oh God, fruits of success in our occupation and our careers. Let the trees of the field yield such unto us. In the name of the Lord Jesus, in Jesus' mighty name we pray. That means that when you go to the tree where career blessings and success is, you will find fruit on it. That means when you go to the tree where it is, as it were, metaphorically speaking, children available there, you will have your own as well. When you go to that tree, when there is ministry success there, when there is breakthrough there for people serving the Lord. When there is ease of making converts for the Lord. Bringing souls to Jesus. When you get to that particular tree, you will find fruit on it in the name of Jesus. So you will cry out one more time saying, in the name of Jesus. Oh, trees of blessings. Release your fruit unto me. I need fruit. A blessing of children, a blessing of career, a blessing of ministry, a blessing of souls. Speak unto the trees right now. Speak unto the earth. And believe God with me that we shall see mighty harvest in this place in the name of Jesus. Do not be slothful in business. Thank you, rock of our salvation. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Father, we thank you. We know that we have not called unto a God who does not hear. Your spirit is alive and it's in our midst. And so we say thank you, Father. We turn unto you this afternoon, Lord. As we have made all this declaration, especially that strength will be released unto us to do what is expected of us. That grace will be released unto us to know what we need to know. Especially good grants to sow into. Father, today, by the working of the Holy Spirit, release all the resources unto us in the name of Jesus. When next people see us, they will call us resourceful. When they see us after that, they will call us fruitful people. In fact, they will then say fruitful life we have in the name of Jesus. No more barrenness. No more dryness. Every day we wake up, we shall bear fruit for you. And I pray in eternity, none of us shall be found wanting. As many as are under heavy yoke and pain this morning, the Lord is leaving the burden from you. Maybe, Paravetra, you came in here, you are hearing voices. All those negative voices, they cease from your head right now. The voice of the shepherd, you will hear, you will not hear the voice of the enemy. I release the word of life unto you. Where you are limited, you will be limited no more. 
Where you are repressed, you'll be repressed no more. Your dry land shall be taught to fertile land. In the name of the Lord Jesus. And when your neighbor is carrying their basket of fruit and blessing, your basket shall not be empty. You will not be an exception. You will not be an exception. Everybody's moving ahead in their career. You will not be the exception. Everybody's having their children. You will not be the exception. Everybody's bringing souls to Jesus in tens and hundreds. You will not be an exception. There's more than enough in the house of God. More than enough in his kingdom. There shall be no lack in our midst. Shall be no lack in our midst. Join your hands together very quickly. I want to pray one last declaration prayer. Nobody will live here the same. By the special mercy of the Lord. Father, we meet our hearts together as one. And I pray that last prayer one more time. As many as are under this cover, the dream Christian church of God fountain of love, because we have families and houses, this is a house. In this house, my Father, my God, every blessing that you distribute as all these hands are linked together, nobody will be left out in the name of the Lord Jesus. Those that came in and they said, well, we are praying again. We've been believing God for this same blessing for years. When will my own come? Today is the day that is finally saved for you. All hearts together, all purposes together. Together we shall advance in Christ in the name of the Lord Jesus. We thank you, Father. You're going to pray for your neighbor and say, Lord, when the baskets are being filled, his basket will not be empty. Her basket will not be empty. Whatever basket that she or he is believing you for, there shall be no lack in his life. There shall be no lack in our life. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Pray with all your heart. Nobody shall pray for your neighbor. Don't pray for yourself. Pray for your neighbor. Lord, I pray for my neighbor. I pray for my brother. I pray for my sister. Lord, supply all his needs, supply all I need. Glorify your name. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. We give you honor, we give you glory, Father. Honor and glory be to you. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. And so shall it be. And so shall it be. In Jesus' mighty name, we are praying. Shake your neighbor's hand very well and said, You are next in the line of promotion. If your neighbor, if you know your neighbor, hug your neighbor, if you know your neighbor very well, greet them, greet them with the love of God. Hallelujah. 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 Precious Father, we thank you. Bless you for this. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.